there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And every once in a while, I get to connect with someone on Instagram who completely blows me away. And when I found Baby Begin here on Instagram, oh my gosh, you guys, I knew I had to have her on the podcast. Jennifer Bernard is an amazing pediatric physical therapist who is on a mission to eradicate the flathead syndrome. You guys, I cannot even contain my excitement for this episode. So if you have a newborn or a baby, or you know somebody, everybody does, who has a newborn or a baby, send this episode to them right now. I am telling you, it completely changed the way that I see baby products and baby development. So without any other intro, here is my chat with Jennifer of Baby Begin. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. And I, I don't, I'm just grateful that I found you through the wild world of social media and instantly going to jump in and say to everybody, please, right now, pause podcast, go follow Baby Begin. I'm just excited for everything that you're sharing and educating parents. I'd love for you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you're located, and a little bit about your practice. Okay. My name is Jennifer Barnard, and I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, and I'm the founder of Baby Begin, and Baby Begin's mission is to eradicate plagiocephaly. So that seems like a very simple issue, but it really isn't. It's um, It affects almost 50% of newborn babies. So since the Back to Sleep campaign, we've seen a dramatic increase in flatheads. So um, it happens very quickly, and it's become almost epidemic numbers because so many babies are getting this. And so um, I've actually had my practice for over 10 years. Um, I used to work for a helmet provider. So that's kind of my background is I'm a pediatric therapist, but I have a lot of experience with skulls and skull flattening and treating plagiocephaly. At, at one point, I began to think there's a big piece of the puzzle that's not being addressed. And after hearing so many new moms crying, they're upset, they have to, you know, they have to put their babies in a helmet, they feel guilty. I just felt like there's, there's a need here that's not being addressed. And so I started uh, Baby Begin, and it's been a whirlwind. It's so fun. We're in Dallas and Houston, um, and we've treated over 4,000 babies. Wow. And, um, yeah, so we've kept about 80% of those babies out of helmets. And wow. um, we're on a, yeah, we're on a mission to keep going and just treat as many babies as we can. And really through people like you getting the word out and educating because there's so much that's not out there for new parents that really needs to be. I completely agree. And you're on the best yeah. platform um, on Instagram. It's so people are hungry for information on, right. on Instagram, I find, with moms. And so um, your, your account is wonderful. I love seeing your today. You had before and after pictures of the repositioning. It was amazing yep. to me. Yeah, so, it is exciting. Yeah, it's, I love, I mean, results. It, I love results-based things because it's, it, it just fires you up, yeah, to go and say, yeah. tell the world that, like, did you right. know this could be different? It's very black and white, mm-hmm. right. It's Absolutely. very black and white. And that's that's the thing about head shapes is once you notice it, then you can see the change. And so that's kind of what you and I are going to talk about is how do you even notice uh, a flat head? Like, what are the signs to look for? Yes, walk us through that. How can a okay. mom right now at home start to look at their baby right now and know, wait, is this is this my baby? Right. So so I run across many, many parents that have never looked at their baby.
baby's head specifically. So, of course, they're admiring the fingers and the toes and the cute little rolls on the thighs and the sweet eyes and the sugar lips and all of the beautiful things about a new baby. But they're never really looking at the baby's head. And the best way to look at a baby's head is from the top. So you can either lay the baby down and look at them, you know, from the top that way or have someone hold them in in their arms and look from the top. And I always tell families the flattening is always going to happen in the back first. So you want to look at the back, look at the symmetry, look is one quadrant the same amount of volume as the other quadrant. Um, Look for the ears. Are the ears aligned with each other or is one ear pushed more forward than the other? The last thing you'll notice is the asymmetry in the forehead. So if you're looking at the baby from the top and you see that one side of the forehead is fuller than the other side, there's probably something going on in the back as well. So you can start looking at the head shape a week after the baby's born because in utero there will be some um, misshapen or the baby's head can be coned. Um, So, you know, let that all soften and and go back down, but then really start looking at it from the first week. And I even tell new moms, take a picture from the top, just like we do on our Instagram. You can see the best way to take a picture of a head and that will give you a good baseline. And then every couple of weeks, just take another picture, another picture. And then that gives you the ability to notice changes of the head shape. And then you can make, you know, adjustments to your schedule or, or the things that you're doing to try to correct it or prevent it from getting worse. So that from is, the top is the best way to look at a head. That is a wonderful exercise to do like right now. And, yeah. and so practical. And you take pictures of your kid every 30 seconds. So why not just change the angle? (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, that is so, so good. So how about you? I I see you guys talk a lot about, yes, the flathead syndrome, um, torticollis and the the, um, tight neck. Are there, can we take pictures of that? Is there anything that we can visually see there too? Yes. So again, just like you said, it's a visual thing. So you don't have to know which side of the neck is tight. You don't have to know what exactly justifies a diagnosis of torticollis. All you have to do is look for a turn preference. So when I, when I meet a new mom, I typically say, let's look back on your camera roll and see what position that baby's head is in for, for the last month. So we scroll through all the pictures and sure enough, the baby is turned to the right all the time. So a turn preference indicates there's a muscle imbalance. So one side of the neck is tighter than the other. Whether it's torticollis or not, it doesn't matter. There's a muscle imbalance. So you have to identify that. Okay, yep, Susie is to the right in every picture. She's laying down, she's to the right. She's on my shoulder, she's to the right. She's in the car seat, she's to the right. That's going to tell you, okay, that is a risk factor. Torticollis is the biggest biggest risk factor for plagiocephaly. So you really want to look for a turn preference. That's going to be your first indication. And because torticollis typically starts in utero, you're going to be able to see this pretty early. Wow. So you need to, so you need to watch for the preference right away. 
Right. So right when you're taking that picture, that should kind of cue you, okay, we're going to watch Susie and make sure she turns in both directions. I remember doing this with my oldest. She really had a preference. And I remember yeah. doing the song and dance to be like, look this way. I, th- I actually saw a video of this on y'all's website. Um, you know, you're like just being all goofy to try like, come on, look over here, look over here. Yep. Um, and yep. I, I've never felt so much pride when she finally did uh-huh. look the other way. But uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So with both of these um, and kind of... Um, as I was just saying, like kind of peeking into exercises, how once you start to notice these things, um, or even if you haven't noticed um, your baby starting to develop um, either one of these, what are some practical ways we can exercise our baby to help them with their muscles and help them not have um, torticollis or flathead? Yeah. So with really young babies, it's all about handling. So it's all about how are you holding the baby? Are you changing sides when you hold the baby? So most of us are left-handed, excuse me, most of us are right-handed. And so we hold our baby in our left arm. So we're, we're rocking them, we're cradling them, and they're always in our left arm. The skull is very, very malleable. If you think of how soft that skull has to be to pass through the birth canal, it's very malleable. So if it's on one arm or on the right side all the time, it's going to misshape in very quickly. So one easy thing that you can do is just switch arms, mm-hmm. just rock the baby in the right arm. Or uh, when you're burping the baby, if you're putting the baby typically over your left shoulder, switch to the right shoulder. If they're on the floor, just hanging out or anywhere, really put your stimuli on the opposite side. So whether they're looking at dad or brother running around or the dog is sitting next to you, just put some stimulus on the non-preferred side. So that's an easy way that you can exercise the neck, but you first have to figure out, is there a turn preference? If you don't see a turn preference, then just keep right side, left side, right side, left side, just keep mixing it up. Yeah. But if there is a turn preference, go to the non-preferred side more. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it definitely does make sense. And um, it's we keep track of, you know, sometimes nursing moms, which side you nursed on. We yes. keep track of, you know, when the last feeds were. So it can almost feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to remember which side I held them on. But, you know, it's, it's sometimes you can almost just make this second nature. Um, I even think about those early days um, where maybe my husband preferred to hold her one way and I preferred her to hold her the other way. And he was always home. And they, that maybe first yeah. two weeks, like, okay, well, you hold her this way and I'll hold her that way. We'll swap back and forth. But Beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And can I speak to the nursing yes. thing? Um, I hear a lot that a baby doesn't like to nurse on one side or has a very strong preference to nurse on one particular side. If you are finding that, I would really strongly recommend talking to a lactation consultant or your sleep specialist or whoever you're working with to check the neck to make sure it's not a torticollis issue. So a lot of my babies um, that I work with, when I ask, do they prefer one side? Yes, they always prefer my left side. That's a right rotation. And so that could be that the baby is not comfortable turning to the left and therefore they're not latching very well on the other side. Wow. So that's that's good. That's a red flag that if you can, if, if everything is adding up, she always turns to the right. She only nurses on my left side. You know, all of that is adding up, really trying to get help early so your your um, breastfeeding can be successful. 
That is really good to know. I have definitely heard parents say that, that they prefer one side or the other. So that's a yeah. interesting thing to look at. So how about the families who are looking right now at their baby and saying, oh my gosh, yes, I notice a tremendous difference in the baby's um, shape of the head, uh, you know, besides working on how to hold them, what more can they do, you know, specifically if they're in the Dallas area, but what yeah. more can they do um, to help baby? So if you're noticing that your baby's head is already flat and there's already some asymmetry, you need to act quickly. So no matter if your baby is two weeks old or four months old, the, the earlier you initiate treatment, the better. So the best thing to do is to find a pediatric occupational or physical therapist that can help you with the neck issues. So of course, if you're in Dallas or Houston, we would love to help you. But otherwise, anywhere, you know, talk to your pediatrician. I would specifically ask for an appointment with your pediatrician just so you're getting on it. Because what happens is at two months, let's say the doctor says, hey, I see a little flattening or you're noticing a little flattening. Let's watch it. But then you're not going to go back to, hopefully, you're not going to go back to your doctor for that until a four months. And by that time, you've wasted two months. Mm. So if your baby's three months, let's say, and you're saying, okay, yeah, there's some asymmetry here. I would just call the pediatrician and say, hey, can I come in real quick and talk to you about the head shape? And can I get a referral to a therapist? I would imagine if they would you, get to you very quickly if you say that. Yes, yes. And and it's I always tell new parents, just be aggressive with, um, with your concerns because this isn't something you want to wait on. Um, there, there is treatment for older babies. You can do a helmet. So even if the baby was five or six months and had asymmetries, you don't want to wait to get a helmet. You would, you would want to pursue that because the better results are always with the younger babies. So mm -hmm. the, the key, if you're seeing any flattening is, is find a resource and, and tag into it right away. Right. Now, are, are you guys finding, this is going to be a segue into a question that I already know how you're kind of going to answer, um, but <laughs> are you finding that some of the older babies who are struggling um, have been in containers too often? And if that is the case, could you just lay it on the line for our listeners? Like, what is a container and sure. how can we avoid these things to then, you know, have the snowball keep building with all of these issues? Right. Unfortunately, the marketing to new parents has gotten, in my opinion, a little bit out of control. I would agree um, with I, you. <laughs> I feel like we are really trying to make our, our new parents think that their baby has to be in something to be happy. So there's a huge push for swings and bouncy seats and daca tots and boppy loungers and rock and plays, which thankfully have been taken off the market. But all of these, what we call in the therapy world, containers, and that's exactly what they do to these babies is they contain them. And I always try to make the analogy of, do we want to sit in a recliner for five or six hours a day? Like, what does that do to us? What does that do to our body? What does it not do to our body? And that's how I try to show new parents that we don't need containers. We don't need to put our babies in anything. And the babies that have been in these containers are showing more developmental delays. They're showing weakness, like overall weakness, because they haven't been challenged. Their muscles haven't been worked. All, all they've been is contained. And so it makes the neck tighter. If they have any 
initial torticollis, it's going to make the neck tighter. And then, of course, we're seeing a lot more flat heads because of the containers. And the same reason is they're not allowed to move, so they're stuck in one position, and so that deforms the skull. So if at all possible, I try to get containers out of the lives of my new parents. Um, I'm a, I might be a little bit radical, but I'm really, um, I really would like to see um, babies on the floor. If they're not being held or being fed, I love my babies on the floor. The hard part, I have, like, I've done this 10 years, and I have gotten so extreme with no containers because actually I found that with my babies with rock and play. So I go in, I see the rock and play, I see the swing, I see the car, you know, everything's lined up for them to put their babies in. And I have found that just a nice tight swaddle, getting them out of the rock and play is pretty easy. So I have almost gotten to no containers. Like I don't really like any containers other than the car seat for driving. Right. And then if you get home and the baby's sleeping, I'm, I'm cool with just leaving them in there to sleep if you can't transfer them. Yeah. But I'm not a big, like I always tell my moms, if, if you're going to cook dinner, put a pallet on the floor with a black and white book and you can talk to them while you're cooking dinner. Or you know, if you're taking a shower, put a pallet beside the shower and you can talk to the baby, peek at the baby and they're not going anywhere. Now, a six month old, of course, you're not going to do that. But for these young babies, you know, they always say, I want to keep an eye. I want them to be safe. Well, two month old's not going anywhere. So they're going to be safe next to your shower if um if that's possible so i like so that. i'm yeah <laughs> no that's that I, that's more so what i would want to say anyways um yeah, I, I even te- you get pushback um yeah you know i'll sometimes people but because that's so radical like you said it's like you've gone the yeah. extreme yeah. it's, and it must sound silly what just lay my baby on the floor how yes, dare i, I do that every day every day and that's what I think we have to get radical. We have to change minds, mom or parents thinking about we do not need all of these products. We don't need the products we need to put the baby on the floor yes. for many reasons, for many reasons. But we've gotten so far away from that, that it's exactly what you're saying is you say put them on the floor and their eyes get big. Like what? What, what are they going to do? They're going to be bored. No, they're not going to be bored. This is a big, huge, wonderful world, and they are not going to be bored on the floor. That and is they're going to so develop perfect. normally, yeah. you know, and, and you're going to save money. And, you you know, you're not going to be paying for therapy because the baby's not rolling. The baby's going to roll on their own because they have the opportunity to do so. And I will say something to that, that a lot of parents, when they see their baby has a flat head, they feel like, oh, now I need to hold her all day. And that can be incredibly stressful, and it's not necessary. So I do want to make sure that people know you do not need to hold your baby to correct or to prevent flathead. Right. And the flip side is if your baby has a flathead, it does not mean that you haven't been taking care of your baby and you haven't been a good mom. Right. And there's a lot of guilt around plagiocephaly and skull flattening, and I want to dispel that right now. There's, there's nobody's, it's nobody's fault. So that needs to just go out the window and we just need to put our, but put your baby down and just enjoy the baby. The baby's head is not going to get flatter by laying on the floor playing. The baby's head is going to get flatter by sleeping in the same position all the time. So when your baby's awake, they need to be on the floor. They can be on their back, their sides, their tummy. And then when they're sleeping, they need to, you need to rotate the head to prevent the flattening on one side. 
Yes, I think that is so good because the more that we um, are looking for the containers, right? The more yep. that we're looking for that, where I'm finding that the parents I work with aren't doing tummy time because right. their work, they're in the container. Um, right. And that's, of course, so important. So I'm, I'm with you on everything. Yeah, and having said that, when you said they're in containers, so they're not doing tummy time, when you get the baby out of the container because little Susie has been chilling out in her swing for an hour and you put her on her tummy, this is really hard work. And heck, no, I'm not going to do this. This is hard. Yeah. And so then they then they fuss, and then it gets harder. So tummy time becomes, you know, painful but miserable for mm-hmm. everybody. And so then we don't do it. So then, oh, she's happier in the swing, so I've got to put her back in the swing. So it becomes this big snowball where we're not giving the babies the floor time that they need and they're they're just um, ending up in, in contraptions. Which is also why I've heard parents say, well, my baby hates tummy time, so I just, yep. I don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and my response to that is always your baby's, your kid is probably going to hate brushing their teeth. They're also going to hate maybe going to school. They might hate green beans, but we have to <laughs> keep giving them the opportunity Um, to love it and so that's the beautiful thing of if you don't have those containers you're going to have to find different positions to put the baby and tummy time is one of them and there's a big push to do more tummy time and my my advice to that is always when the baby's very young start it initially just right away and then you just build tolerance over time Um, I am not into torture tummy time at all I don't like my babies crying with tummy time so I'm pretty easy with that but I do want my families to do tummy time five six seven times a day it can be for short periods yeah I was was gonna ask you and sorry to jump in there um uh, I've had some um, newborn parents ask if tummy time like when you're laying with the baby on the chest chest almost like chest to chest is Uh that would you consider that tummy time as well for like a newborn I do consider that tummy time for a newborn but I like the parent to be laying flat yes So parallel to the ground is true tummy time. Okay. I've had a lot of parents say, well, I hold him up at my shoulder. Is that tummy time? It is not considered tummy time, unfortunately. Tummy time to us developmentally is, is parallel to the ground. So you want the baby flat. Wonderful. So over your lap is fine. On your chest is fine. But upright is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't cross that off your tummy time list (laughs) for the day. Oh, yeah. There are so many, as you've been speaking through this whole time, there's been so many parallels to what I say in sleep. You know, you can't, you don't put guilt on yourself because your baby can't sleep. Um, We we don't look for um, the next product to help our baby learn how to sleep. And um, and even what you just said about, you know, your kid's never going to like green beans or maybe they're not going to like going to school and they're not going to like tummy time. Well, your child's probably not going to like the first night that you decide, I'm sorry, you can't sleep with me. You have to sleep in your bed. And it's all these, it's just change and change is hard. But I do find that we're getting soft to change. And so it's, um, you know, as as you guys are, are all about um, you know, getting rid of uh, flathead syndrome and making sure that that's eradicated. I feel the same way about yeah. about sleep. So I'm so happy um, to have connected with you. And um, if yeah. you if you could share a little bit about our listeners, if they are in the Dallas or Houston area, how can they get connected with you guys? So the best, and there's this is for anybody. We have a lot of great resources on our website. So it's babybegin.com. Um, And there's some videos on there that are really kind of cool to watch and give you more information about different ways to do tummy time, how to 
look at a head shape, all of the things that we've kind of been talking about. Um, if, if you are in the area and would like us to come see your baby, all of our therapy is done in the home because we feel like parents do better in the home. The baby does better in the home. I can show you how to position the baby for sleeping in their bed. So that's very powerful. You would just go to the website and fill out a referral and we will get back with you within 24 hours. Awesome. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're I am welcome. I am really excited for people to have this and I'm already like, I mean, I don't have a baby, but I feel like I've got all the knowledge now. I want to go <laughs> go through that. So that's so good. And um, yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Jennifer, I can say it a million times over and still not mean it enough. Thank you for being a part of this episode. And I really can't even say a part because you completely stole the show. I am so grateful for your mission to help families across the Dallas and Houston area, but not even that now across the world. I hope you feel inspired and motivated by her mission. And if you have any questions, you know where to head. Go on over to babybegin.com. I know you will be in great hands. Thank you, Jennifer. Sweet dreams to you guys. See you next time.